Hey guys, welcome along to the show. I'm your host, Rodney Stewart, and we're getting into a little chat about Angel, Season 1, Episode 6. This one's called Sense and Sensitivity. Now this here is a great little episode, a good bit of comedy thrown in here for good measure, and just the situations that the, the main characters get themselves into. Um, there is a sense of fret throughout the episode, but it's very... Uh, Done, it's done very tongue-in-cheek, let's just say. So, uh, yeah, um, Kate Lockley comes back into this episode. Uh, at the beginning of it, this guy's getting chased down the street, and you see this figure, blonde hair, chasing him. And you almost think it's Buffy at a time, but it's very quickly revealed to be Kate Lockley, the policewoman. And uh, as this guy reaches his car, uh, she catches up with him. Uh, flying kick smashes him against the open door of the car. This is the reveal who it is. Uh, she's you know she seems to be pretty happy that he's not been cooperative, and she roughs him up a little bit. And we cut back to the the interrogation room at her precinct, and she has this guy Spivy looking at photographs, showing that he was in the company of a mob boss called Anthony Papazian, also known as Little Tony. And she tells Buffy that the photos were taken on the same day as, as a county supervisor was killed. Uh, it's all tied to Little Tony. Well, he, Little Tony's tied to the murder. Um, this guy, he denies any knowledge of the hit in this guy. He claims that he hasn't seen Little Tony since that day. Uh... Through one way mirror, there's other policemen uh, watching her and what she's doing, and they're wondering, you know, how can she be going for so long? Like, does this woman ever need to pee, more or less? Uh, just then, Kate changes tactics, and she slams Buffy against the wall, and a chokehold, demand to know where this guy's at, this mob boss, little Tony, and the guys that are in the other room keeping an eye. They rush and pull her away from him. And uh, Harlan, the, the other policeman, uh, he takes Kate out of, into the hall. And the other couple of cops, they keep an eye on this other guy that's in the room. Uh, Kate admits that she can't get Spuffy to talk. And Harlan says, you know, any lack lack of any other way to locate Papazian. Uh, God, that didn't sound right at all the way I said that. You know, he's more or less, you know, if we can't anything out of him, we're not going to find this guy, Papazian. Uh, we should have got you out there ages ago. You know, and she's kind of apologetic for how she was roughing him up. But, uh, you know, this guy also knows that the, the stress is on her. And, you know, again, should have been taken out in good bit beforehand so she thinks she knows someone that might be able to get hold of this guy uh, you know they've used all the resources they can think of to track this guy down and she thinks alright somebody I know might be able to do it and of course she's thinking an angel 
So we cut over angels fighting this massive demon down in the sewers, and there's just you don't actually see the body of the thing; you just see the, the tentacled arms and legs of it. As you say, um, Doyle and Cadelia turn up and uh, throw him a sword, and there's uh, angels like you know it's about time, and Doyle he's like you know there's not as many enchanted swordsmiths open at this time of the night, so. Uh, this enchanted sword is the key to killing this thing, so Angel hacks and stabs, cutting arms off the monster, then stabs it, and it's, we take it to be its chest, and uh, he then leaves Doyle and Cordelia to dismember it, and he strides off down the hall, he says, remember to cut off all the tentacles this time, and whatnot. And after he disappears, Cordelia starts to complain to Doyle that there, but Angel didn't even seem to, didn't want to say please or thank you throughout the whole thing. And, uh, yeah, you know, just because he's a creature of the night and whatnot, does it give him license to be rude and insensitive? And uh, with the... While she's going on about how out of touch Angel is and how insensitive he is to what's going around, on around him and his surroundings, in the background, just out of focus... You can see a tentacle of this monster isn't fully dead yet, grabs hold of Doyle and puts him into like a choke. And she's still having a little moan to herself about, uh, can you say clueless? <laughs> Talking about Angel, you know, you know, he's so out of touch and he doesn't know what's going on around him. Can you say clueless? <laughs> and this is just a nice, funny little start to the three main characters in the episode. So that's it. Uh, we get into the credits of the show at that point, and uh, I love the theme tune to the show. Great. Um, Cordelia and Doyle get back to the office there, covered in slime and stuff from this monster, and uh, she, Angel comes in to, to talk to them, and she refuses to take any orders from him unless he asks them how they, they dismember and went. Uh, and Angel's like, you need to call your mother. So, uh, uh, yeah, she's like, we're not doing any more jobs, we're not going to cut anything up, we're not going to go find any demons until you ask us, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, call your mother. She called you, she wants you to call her back. Just then, Kit, Lockley, the police officer, turns up, and Angel takes her into the office, and <laughs> Angel, of course, Mr. and Mrs. Spock need to go and mind meld now. So there's a lot of nice little pop culture references pop up in a show every once in a while, this is one of them. A uh, nice little nod to Star Trek, which I appreciate. Um, Angel sits down at the desk and uh, he's looking through photos of this guy, little Tony. Uh, he agrees to return Kate's past favours by finding little Tony for her, but Kate tells him that he'll get paid for the job because it's, it's not a favour. Uh, Angel speculates that Kate doesn't want to get the reputation for going outside of the department. But uh, she's like, I don't want to get the reputation for getting you killed. Um, of course, at this point, she still doesn't know that he's a vampire. As far as she's concerned, he's just uh, a private investigator with uh, a lack of an investigator's license. So she let that ride because he saved his life. or she, uh, He saved her life in a previous episode. So Kate writes down a phone number and a card, instructs him to, if you find him, get to safety. After he calls her, just tell her where the location's at. So, uh, 
while Cordelia and Angel are helping Angel search for information on this guy, Doyle encourages Angel to express appreciation for Cordelia's efforts, which he tries to do. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's a very awkward attempt. And uh, Cordelia's like, you know, Liam, more or less. Doyle finds the police reports of victims washing up at Angel's behest. You know, he, the thing that Angel has, and I didn't really cover it much in a prior episode, but he was uh, hunting down this demon or vampire of some sort in a prior episode, and there's a, a section of the, the episode where they're researching on the the habits and the, the way killers think and whatnot, because you know he's fighting for good now, has a soul back. That doesn't mean that he doesn't understand the mindset or the evil that these people are capable of and how he would go about it if he were in their position because at one point or another in history he probably done worse so uh, he has an idea to check the the tidal flow on the coast and whatnot maybe there's a, a primary dumping ground for the victims of this guy so uh, yeah they find the reports of victims washing up at various points and uh, yeah they he kind of figures it out in pretty short order where this guy's at. So back at the police station, Kate's father, Trevor Lockley, he comes up into the, the office and he's almost surprised and uncomfortable when Kit calls him over, asking why he didn't let her know he was coming down. Kit listens to a little. Uh, you know, Lockley dismisses her, has earned to bring in, completed it retirement paperwork uh, this is obvious from the get go between these two this is a, a father daughter relationship that is let's just say strained to say the very least so he's very standoffish of his daughter and um, you know you think of paperwork now just with your attire and uh, yeah Kit nevertheless takes advantage of the opening to let her father know that she's aware of the party that his friends are going to be throwing for him at the blue bar in a couple of days and that she's been asked to say a few words and uh yeah he's like that would be okay so uh an our detective calls her lets her know uh, you've got a call and uh her father takes off uh she goes to take a call of course it's angel he's letting her know that he's located little tony in a pair on a pier in San Pedro and Kit says she's on her way she tells Angel to get the hell out of there but the moment she disconnects and the, co- the phone call Angel hears the, the sound of a motorboat coming and a well a yacht more or less a small yacht approaching and uh, he's like oh he's going to get away here so he he gets this hat and a Hawaiian shirt that probably belongs to Doyle's that was in his car uh, Angel walks up to the and this the start of the little comedy moments here in the episode where it's it's dark, it's night time and of this episode, this scene takes place and these guys are waiting for this boat to turn up to get him out of the city, God knows where. And Angel just walks up and stands beside them and uh he introduces himself to little Tony 
and this other goon that he has with him, and he pretends that he thinks the yacht is a the boat trip to Catalina. Um, so uh, the mob boss is like, you know, I don't like this guy. Get rid of him. But uh, as this guy Benny takes a swing at him, Angel takes him out in one punch. Uh, Papazian's other goon who had spun around at first sound of Angel's voice manages to throw a few punches before getting one down himself. Uh, now that he's got no muscle, little Tony tries to make a run for it. This is just when Kate arrives with uh, a mess load of police cars with her, takes Papazian into custody and after he's cuffed put him put him to the back of the, the squad car Kit gets in the angel for not leaving uh, but for actively putting himself in danger as well as giving her something that she'll need to explain to her lieutenant uh, angel's kind of protesting that you know he's going to get away how to do something but Kit remains annoyed at him and uh, yeah so they take him back in the squad car uh, pulls away from the, the pier and Papazian and the angel exchange a look uh, real glare at each other as the car drives past back at the station Papazian demands his phone call and we discover now that his lawyers are indeed Wolfram and Hart and this is the first time in the series we're going to get a little bit of a deeper look into this company and what they're capable of and what to do. We already know that they're on the side of the vampires, at least, in the opening episode. And uh, Lee Mercer, uh, a lawyer at Wolfram and Hart, he's already arranged for the foreign on his side to be removed. And at this point, we're, we're led to believe as a viewer. I were told pretty much in the, the phone call that was shown, not just told, that uh, the foreign on his side is indeed Lockley. So, arriving at the precinct sometime later, Mercer petitions to have little Tony transferred to an R facility, claiming that his client was mistreated and abused by the police, and an, a yet, as yet unnamed assailant, meaning Angel, possibly working with Kate. Uh, yeah, they just uh, deny on Kate just tries to deny such knowledge. She then reverts to her usual bad cop interrogation skills. Uh, she's given Mercer and Papazian all the ammunition they need. You know, they're playing her on their corner here. This is exactly what they were going for. And uh, yes, she's in her last nerve and uh, falls for it altogether. So Mercer threatens to expose the department's brutality and everything to the of public opinion unless all his clients demands are met so we cut back over to angel investigations and cordelia congratulates angel on completing a straightforward job for a change uh without any demons or whatnot uh but angel he thinks little tony is planning something again he's got a an unsaid sort of way of looking at these types of people, not well, it doesn't just have to be demons, but humans, you know, just the, the, the evil nature of people. He's got a, you know, his, his intuition is spot on. Uh, but he doesn't, Cordelia even says to him, you know, it amazes me how 
highly attuned you are to born old evil, but you didn't even notice something as obvious as her new shoes. Um, <laughs> I was about to go on to a rant about, uh, you know, men don't notice that sort of thing. That's what he was going to start on to, but he doesn't get to say it at that point. As he's just about to go on to it, Doyle breezes on through the door, and the first thing he says, ah, Cordelia, new shoes. <laughs> so uh, he then tells Angel his report uh, that Angel's, what Angel's thinking about, spot on, according to his source, little Tony's plan on something. Angel's like, what is it? And he says, little Tony's plan on something. That's all I've got. So a little bit more humour there. Uh, it's just very, you know, not on the nose. There's a lot of things there in this episode, and a lot of the writing, and Angel, to be fair, whether it be a little joke just slipped in under the radar, just very subtly, um, back over the city a little bit, Kitchy heads to the blue bar after work, uh, where a number of fellow officers are there to congratulate her and finally apprehend little Tony. Uh, to her surprise, even her father buys her a drink, and Kit brings it over to sit down beside him. At his booth, uh, not long after, this guy we seen earlier in the episode, our policeman Harlan, comes over to our table to show her a memo about a mandatory sensitivity training seminar that all the, the officers have to go for. doesn't matter who you are, you have to go to this thing now. And it's required to attend because of the way she treated little Tony. So, uh, yes, next day, they're all in this room, Kit's there. Uh, all the other officers, uh, the seminar begins when its leader, Alan, uh, candidly admits that no one else in the room actually wants to be there. Like, I understand, this is crap, you don't want to be here, but, you know, uh, it is what it is, we have to do it. And then he starts to describe how he will make these sessions worth their time. This police officer, he then introduces him to the concept of a talking stick. And it's like a little branch, about two to three feet long, two and a half, three feet long. And he's like, um, you know, whoever holds this thing, they're free to speak openly and honestly without judgment. Uh, he then asks this police officer to start and after a little reluctance, this police officer actually begins to open a book. Open up a little, and at this point, Kate kind of puts a bit of a smart comment on there about him. Uh, you know, the guy's like, Do you ever have anything you'd like to say to your mother? And Kate's like, I love you. And uh, at this, Lloyd offers the stick. Uh, when I say Lloyd, Alan, this guy from the seminar, Alan Lloyd, he's called. He goes to Kate and he offers a stick to her and manages to manipulate her into taking it by speculating that Kate must have been badly hurt in the past and therefore resists opening up because she's afraid of getting hurt again. And uh, yes, so this all plays into Wolfram and Hart's big bad plan in this episode. Uh, we cut over to Angel and Doyle, they're meeting with this informant that Doyle has, who overheard a conversation uh, between Isaiah Bagrado's boys and little Tony's boys 
he's planning ahead and Kate and Angel goes immediately to the precinct where Kate starts apologising for being angry off him at the pier then asks him you know if you want to come to my father's retirement party the following night it would be great uh, Angel's finally able to warm her to, to the danger and uh, you know there's a hit out on you and Kate's like you know I get it but you know kind of acting out, isn't he? So there's a real change in her behaviour here in Angel's eyes. From the last time he's seen her to now, there's a huge change in the way that she talks and whatnot. And it's just like uh, the sensitivity training must be starting to kick in, more or less. And she's just psycho-babbling and promises that she'll be back to her usual level of cynicism soon. Um... This guy, Alan, that was running the meetings over in some, wherever he lives at, he meets with this guy, Lee, from Wolfram and Hart, and reports that their plan will yield results after just one more session. Uh, Wolfram and Hart are starting to worry that, you know, we went to great expense to get you into the police department, and you know, we're not seeing any results yet. And the guy's like, give it time, one more session should do it. Uh, so we cut over to the retirement party uh, this happens the following night uh, Kate and Angel arrive and Kate admits that she's nervous but glad as Angel, glad that Angel came with her and Angel assumes that she's worried about little Tony but she's you know it almost seems like she forgot about little Tony and that they that death threat hanging over her head uh, not that there it's, uh, it's due to the stress of having to speak in public so, uh, Angel, he kind of feels inappropriate remarks after unsettling comments from both Kate and uh, her father. Uh, you know, both, he's like, you know, how long have you been seeing Kate? And they were just relatively new friends. There's a new word for you. Uh, Angel's like, we're relatively new friends here. And her father's like, you know, Glad to see her out with a guy. I was starting to think she was batting for another side altogether. So, you know, for... Again, it's just the the relationship between Kate and her father is strained, to say the least. And the way he's talking about her even, and the third person here to Angel is... It's, it's not good. It's not good. Um, but uh, Kate, get call, Kate then gets called up to make her speech... And she starts out with, uh, you know, a blend of humour and candour. And she then pretty quickly transitions into storms of raw emotion, uh, bringing up subjects that are far too personal and damaging even more to her and her father. Uh, For the occasion, just, you know, after her mother died, you couldn't look at me and, you know, all, all the little, a little girl needed was the love of her father and you couldn't even tell me I was pretty and all that sort of stuff so uh, Angel's standing next to her father at this point and he's like what the hell have they done to her in those meetings and uh, Angel doesn't know what to do at this point but he overhears uh, Harlan you know, Harden speaks up and he encourages Kit to keep talking. And you know, you're brave. Keep going. Keep going. Uh, 
their lieutenant reprimands both of them and it becomes clear that he has taken a personal not a professional stance uh, when he's at it and Harlan stands up knocks his boss on the floor and his boss gets up and he's, the tears are running out of him and it just goes into like a, a barroom brawl where they just they almost go back to childhood versions of themselves at a time as I say this lieutenant was up there this is inappropriate behaviour you know wise up catch yourselves on and uh, he's punched in the face and the two officers take him out and he's bawling tears running out of him like a small child uh, yeah Angel uh Trevor grabs an openly weeping lieutenant. Angel, blah, blah, blah. I've lost my, my, my notes here. Uh, Angel collects a now speechless Kate takes her back to the office after everything kicks off. Uh, her father, Trevor, takes the lieutenant out and whatnot. Uh, Cordelia turns up. She's not happy that Angel called her in uh, at late night. Um, and she's like, you know, uh, it's not fun having to work for a vampire she's going to say vampire but she realises Kate's on there and she, instead of saying vampire she goes ventriloquist so uh, yeah Doyle and Angel are in the inner office where Angel has been trying to ask a detective for the name of the sensitivity trainer like he's, this is obviously where it's all coming from um, after Kate tells Angel that she, she believes he's an old soul who can't possibly be posing as enigmatic just to attract women you haven't got an insincere bone in your entire body and all that sort of stuff it's just like the sensitivity training is just like full on at this point uh, Kate finally gives Angel a memo that she got for the meetings um, Angel then hands her over to Doyle and Cordelia to, to keep an eye on her and when he when he, goes, when he goes out hunting for this guy Lloyd uh, he inspects the he gets to his house lair or whatever you want to call it and he's looking for clues as to what happened uh, meanwhile Kate she's because the sensitivity, tra- sensitivity training has opened her up to everything she realises there's a crush between Doyle and Cordelia and she says somebody's got a crush and she's making it really really uncomfortable for the two of them and uh, yeah, Cordelia and Doyle try to convince her. You know, she wants to go out and look for her father. She goes from the upbeat, happy, go lucky, sensitive person to the deeply not angry but deeply sad for what's happened between her and her father. She wants to go and find him. And Cordelia and Doyle are trying to convince her to stay but she she pulls a gun out of her purse waves it around she's like you know i don't want to seem like an idiot like an asshole here but if you, you don't get out of my way i'm gonna have to blow you the crap away but i'm gonna go see my father uh <laughs> so that's little things i got there it's played very well in the episode uh back over at, with angel disguise alan's place uh hear me this guy alan launches a standard new age rife about Angel's rage but a mask for his fear uh, just as he asks who his parents were Lloyd snatches the talking stick from the altar 
Ray has it, and he's like, you know, there's not just one demon that gives me my powers, it's actually a collection of different ones and whatnot. But he's like, tell me about your parents. Then he loves the Thomas, like, hits Angel in the face with it. And of course, Angel goes full vamp at that stage with you know, face changes and whatnot, and he goes, my parents were great. Uh, tasted a lot like chicken. So, uh, uh, some dark humour there too, and uh, yes, he gets on there to start threatening this guy. What's the score? What's going on? So we cut over to the police precinct. Uh, Kate gets there. Uh, she calls for her father, who is no longer there. Uh, she stares around at her co-workers. They're all pacing, uh, shouting, weeping. And uh, there's this policeman. He's just he's wishing to establish uh, some sort of you know, brotherhood between him and the inmates, and he's like, you know, locking them up, so that's wrong, you know, the little ones picking on the, or the big ones picking on the little ones, you know, it makes them worse, when they leave here, they're worse than what they were whenever they went on, so he was down to open up the cells, let them all go, and of course they turn on them, and he's just like, you know, guys, just remember this as, uh, you know, a man reaching out to try and help his fellow man and whatnot, and like, just as he's saying that, these guys just jump him in the cells, and of course, this is Papazian out as well. So Cordelia, Doyle, they turn up at the front of the, the police station. Angel comes running at the same time, and uh, yes, <laughs> we see this guy, There's there's been a, a car crash in the street, and uh, there's an officer there, a beat cop, and, uh, you know, he's, like, you know, you think it's all about you guys, you know, you ever think about me having to deal with people like you and whatnot, I can't even make love to my wife and all this here stuff, you don't understand what I go through, blah, 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 and, uh, yes, Angel joins Cordelia and Doyle on the steps of the police department, and, uh, they're happy to see him, media begin to report the situation about Kate and what's happening, and sensing their distress, Angel starts this massive grin and he holds open his arms and he, he goes, Okay, I think someone needs a hug. <laughs> so he is now under the sensitivity spell from the talking stick as well and uh, tells them all about it. Yes, the, the talking stick is possessed. Anybody that touches it, falls under its spell, but only lasts for a few days and whatnot, so it's just something to put the, uh, it's not going to be permanently damaging anybody, uh, this affects, but that's enough to throw the, the police out of order, long enough for Papazian to put into action whatever he wants to do, uh, yeah, so, you know, Wolfram and Hart hired them, blah, 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 uh, right, so, uh, Cordelia uh, demands that Angel, you know, change the vampire so they can go and rescue Kate. But Angel's just like, he's refusing. And, you know, uh, the change is like, every time I, I change, like, I feel that you, you judge me. You know, you all, you all back off from me whenever I go vampire. I can't do it. I don't want to do it. Uh, so, uh, yeah. And the police station... Out of a cell now, little Tony collects a gang of the prisoners in there. 
breaks into the arm, armory, uh, selecting a shotgun for himself. He puts a shell into it and he shoots one of the cops coming around the corner and then leads the way to the front offices to find Kate. He says, you guys are all working for me now. You'll, you'll find him, you know, I'm cruel but fair as he's taking this guy out. And uh, he gets up there and he's just about to take out Lockley. He's got the gun trained on her and Angel's team arrives. There was another little bit of comedy just before that happened, whenever they couldn't get into the, the main doors of the police station, so they had to break through a window down into the basement and then call go up the stairs. And uh, Angel gets in there and he's like, We should leave a note. And Cordelia's like, It's okay, don't worry about it. And he's like, No, 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 it's just, it's, you know, it's, it's not hard to be nice and whatnot. And she's like, Hurry up, come on. And then he's like, What's the magic word? And she's like, Uh. And he's like, Well, I don't think, uh is actually a word of one would call it a word uh, and she's like oh please in that condescending manner that she has and just at that there Angel's like there you are was that so hard so <laughs> there is lo- lots of comedy thrown in here so uh, yeah so up in the office Papazian's got the gun trained in Kate and uh, yeah Angel's team arrives uh Angel and Kate try to reach little Tony Cordelia and Doyle, urge Angel to stop talking and fight. You know, when I say reach, they're trying to talk her way out of the situation. But Angel's got a plan, and he slowly moves closer and closer as little Tony loads over. They, you know, my sensitivity training really paid off. And he's like, I'm dying to see you again, pretty boy, more or less for having getting caught in the first place. So suddenly, Angel swings. The chair he's leaning on, knocking little Tony's shotgun from his hands, and throws the chair and knocks out one of the fogs of it. Stan, uh, Kate shoots the other guy. So even though this sensitivity training has kind of taken them out of the game, more or less, they're not out of control of what needs to be done when it comes to the, the concept of right and wrong. You know, this is a bad guy. He's going to shoot me. I need to protect myself. Angel's there to do his thing to protect Kate. So the two of them, you know, very swiftly take out the the two guns that Swift prepares in and then prepares in gets knocked out as well. Um so just at that there, Kate's like, You and Angel's like, You <laughs> and then they come running across and give each other a hug and whatnot. Uh so Fret has been taken care of at this point. And later on, Tony's on the phone call to Lee over at uh, Wolfram and Hart, who tells him that the the senior partners of Wolfram and Hart will no longer represent his interests. Uh, Little Tony argues that they set everything up. Mercer tells him that they set things up so they could escape. They, we opened the door for you. The the key was for you to walk through it, not shoot your way out of it. Um, yeah. So uh, he's like, our our partnership is dissolved, uh, and our partnership is terminated. Just as this phone call is, and he hangs up and pays in. And in, mer- in the office, you see the surveillance tip footage of what happened in the police barracks, and it freezes on Angel. Um, yes course he recognizes angel from prior 
encounters with Wolfram and Hart, namely at this point, I'm trying to recall if there's anything after episode one with Wolfram and Hart. But uh, of course, you know, he he killed the vampire at the end of the first episode and we had Lindsay there and whatnot. So you knew Wolfram and Hart are up to something sketchy. And now at the end of this episode, you see this guy Lee, he's looking at the surveillance tape. Uh, he's had pause on the image of Angel on the screen. And uh, yeah, so uh, they're going to be keeping an eye on him from now on. Back at the police barracks, the next police barracks, that's very Northern Ireland. Back at the pre- police precinct, is, uh, the next day, all the police are resuming their normal demeanour. And somebody's like, good morning. So our guy's like, yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, all the sensitivity is gone at this point Angel comes to check in with Kate uh, he tells her that he he doesn't remember much about the events of the night before and you know, she asks him did I say anything to you last night he's like I don't really remember much about it um, relieved she goes on to tell him that internal affairs is investigating the blue bar to determine whether someone had spiked the punch so again never something like uh, we've seen this in Buffy the Vampire Slayer before. Whenever something supernatural happens, there's always um, some somewhere along the line, somebody will try to make it look like something real worldly was the cause for it. So this one here, it's not a possessed piece of wood that made everybody go crazy. It's uh, somebody spiked the punch at the party. Um, agreeing that they both need to get back to work, Angel goes to leave. Um, as he's going through the hallway, he turns and he sees Kate's father turning up. Um, he says that he got her messages in his machine last night. Um, yeah, Kate kind of has... She acts it very well in this episode. There's a longing in her face for more connection with her father. And she's trying to... She's hoping that he came down just to see her. And... Kate, she tries to explain, but uh, that innocent hope that she had in her eyes is quickly devastated as her father stops her and says that, um, yeah, you should never bring this up again. You know, you humiliated me, and as far as I'm concerned, it never happened. Uh, you embarrassed yourself and me in front of all my friends. And he turns and walks away. At which point, Kate sits down in her chair and, uh, yeah, trying her hardest to hold back the the pain of what her father just said. And at that, Angel turns and walks out and we cut the black. And the episode ends. Fantastic little episode. One of these little fun ones that just has a little bit of tongue-in-cheek fun with it, but it has a nice little bit of... uh, humour in there as well like the the whole piece in the office with uh, Kate under the spell and putting Doyle and Cordelia on the spot um, the little reference to Star Trek I'm pretty sure there was something else on there, like, I appreciated that one Mr. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Spock have to go mind meld now uh, I'm pretty sure, I'm just looking through here, is there any References that I missed out on. Um, let me see. 
pop culture references. Uh, ah, yes. Uh, Cordelia says at one point uh, uh, she refers to Jar Jar getting his own talk show, which Star Wars, of course. Um, Spock. Uh, uh, the only other thing as far as a pop culture reference would be uh, Lee Mercer from Wolfram and Hart refers to the infamous detective Mark Furman and the O.J. Simpson murder tried. So, uh, yeah. Again, great, great little episode. Uh, I can't recall. Like, I've seen this more than Buffy the Vampire Slayer at this point. But there is... There's bits and pieces of it that are kind of missing in my mind now. Like, this is easily 15 years now since I've probably watched Angel and uh, Kit... I can, I know where it's going with her. I just can't recall how we get there. But, uh, yes, she's one of these characters that you'd love to have seen hanging about for a long time on the show. But unfortunately, that wasn't the case. Like, I think her career took off and she went in a different direction. Or she was, I don't know if she was let go or she made the choice to leave. But I, I feel like that character might have been a bigger character in the right set of circumstances. But for now, she did a fantastic job on it. Um, Elizabeth Rom played Kate. Fantastic. Um, yeah, I think that is going to do it for this episode, guys. I talked on here a hell of a lot longer than I was expecting to. At this point, you'd probably be, be quicker actually going and watching the episode yourself. So, uh, yeah, guys, whatever you're doing, I hope you're safe. And uh, I'll talk to you on the next episode. This has been a production of Coins Age Media. Thank you so much for listening.